And we hope your morning is off to a good start. Going to get up into the 60s, may see a midday shower. But uh, it looks nice from our view here in the Fisher Building. At, uh, at least we're getting off to a good one. We remember uh, vividly the painful frustration of the victims of Larry Nasser at Michigan State University and the victims of Dr. Robert Anderson at the University of Michigan. And that when it came time when they told their story, when the story came out, there was so little recourse criminally Mm -hmm. because the statute of limitations had run out or the victims had aged out of their ability to bring action against their uh, predator. And uh, there is a, a full court press on in Lansing to address that gap in our laws and to amend statute of limitations. We welcome in Representative Julie Brixey, who is uh, from Meridian Township, a Democrat who is leading this charge to try to address some of those those deep frustrations about that. Uh, Representative Brixey, good morning. We're glad you could join us. Good morning. Thanks for uh, having me on the show this morning on this beautiful Pure Michigan Day that's uh beautiful fall day out there. It really is. You call this the Justice for Survivors Bill. How will you deliver that justice? So Michigan statute of limitations for criminal sexual conduct are among the narrowest in the nation, in, and our laws have been failing survivors and shielding their abusers for far too long. <clears throat> so as you mentioned, um, that you know, survivors age out of their ability to um, seek justice. Uh, what other states are doing all over the country is recognizing that this is this is a um, a very common problem that victims of child sex abuse don't come forward to disclose that abuse until you know decades later. Um, at which time the person who abused them may still be actively abusing people. Uh, so um, uh, to, in, to help accommodate them and help them seek justice and, and also really importantly to help protect people against other predators, uh, states are changing their laws and uh, opening up their statute of limitations. And that, that's what um, our bills do. And they would allow um, allow people to seek justice in the, through the court system without having to hire a lobbyist uh, in order to get access to the court system. You know, Representative, uh, these young people, when they are sexually assaulted as children, uh, they really go through trauma. They go through trauma for a, a, a very long time, a lot of them. Uh, this bill helps maybe get victims, encourages victims to come forward? It does. It it allows people to come forward when they're ready and when, when, um, when it's safe for them to do so. And it allows them to... Um, to go after individuals or institutions that caused or covered up their abuse and caused them real harm uh, through that cover-up. What happens is that when we have a statute of limitations for these types of um, crimes, we are basically incentivizing Mm -hmm. cover-ups. And when people have a blanket of immunity, they tend to behave worse. 
so our laws are actually encouraging the bad actors and harboring these serial uh, sexual abusers. Representative, the bill would extend the civil statute of limitations from age 28 to age 52, establish a two-year revival window for survivors whose statute of limitations has already expired. This sounds really good. On the other side of it, some Republicans like Graham Filler brought up the retroactive nature is his concern. And what about unprovable claims? If someone remembers something, but there's no proof now because it's been so long. So if someone remembers something and there's no proof, then there's no case. This doesn't, these laws simply change the statute of limitations. They don't change any of the evidentiary standards that our courts have. And those are high standards. You can't just accuse someone of a crime and expect that your case will be um, carried out if you have no evidence. And that's a really important Um, thing to understand. The other thing to understand is that um, in civil court, what we see in other states that um, open up the statute of limitations, um, it's most, the the vast majority of the cases that come forward are serial sex abusers Mm -hmm. who were serial pedophiles and um, assaulted hundreds or even, you know, over a thousand Uh, people uh, during the time of their abuse and different institutions um, covered it up. So there is evidence, there needs to be evidence, and we haven't loosened any evidentiary standards. Let's say that the victim in this case uh, was at a municipal recreation facility and the person that was abused them was uh, hired by the municipal government. There were some changes made to this package that basically just narrows the range of public entities that are liable for CSC complaints to educational institutions, not those other touch points where youth and predators may come together. Why are we treating victims differently based on where they are abused? So um, I would have liked to see the um, blanket governmental immunity bill, but, you know, a lot about making <clears throat> making laws and um, fine-tuning bills is getting all the different parties um, to agree. And so we wanted to try to protect the highest number of um, people that we could. And when you think about it, Um, where do children spend the bulk of their day? It's not at a municipal organization. Um, It's in school uh, or at home. And by protecting, by putting extra protections in for children when they're in public school, whether that is kindergarten or college, we are protecting an enormous number of people who spend the bulk of their lives in and around these institutions when they're not in with their, you know, in their own home. And so um, we are protecting the highest number of people uh, by doing this. And when you look at where the crimes are occurring, when you look at other states and when you look at where do serial pedophiles strike, they often strike um, in the faith institution um, or in a, Uh, school setting. And that's where Michigan has seen um, the two 
biggest cases that okay. we've had have both been in the in the university setting. So you're saying institutions can't hide behind this cloak of immunity that they got to be held accountable as well, and if there's culpability, there's accountability. That's correct. In, in terms of you mentioned that the evidentiary standards are the same, and, and this is true. But, I mean, there is a reason that we have statutes of limitations, and that's because witnesses die, evidence can be lost, recollections can fade. The system is built to protect the accused. Have we eroded those protections by expanding the statute of limitations so much? Speak, speak to that concern that the, the defense in this case could be uh, dramatically eroded. So some crimes are so heinous that there is no statute of limitations. Murder is one of those crimes. And in Michigan, criminal sexual conduct one is also in that group of uh, crimes that has no statute of limitations. Mm -hmm. But because of the taboos around talking about child sex abuse and pedophiles, um, that law wasn't changed until much more recently than murder. And so we, we have a duty to recognize that certain crimes are so heinous that there shouldn't be a statute of limitations. And, and we've done that already. We aren't breaking new ground in this area. Okay. We're simply applying it to a category of crimes that um, have not often been talked about. And it's that that taboo around talking about sex and child sex abuse that helps create an environment where people don't come forward. And the other problem is that the, the person who's perpetrating the crime um, psychologically often manipulates the victim in such a way that they make the victim feel like it's their fault that, that this happened. Right. And that contributes greatly um, to the delayed disclosure about the the abuse. It is all coming from a good place, and I know you have spoken at length with the victims of, of Larry Nasser and Robert Anderson, and uh, th those testimonies cannot be ignored either. Representative Brixey, thank you so much. We know that there's uh, kind of a deadline on this, and the House has to take it up. Do you think you can get it across the finish line? Hoping we can get it uh, voted on this week. All right. Very good. Representative Julie Brixey, thanks for, for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. You know, there are so many things, guys. You know, we've got this kind of arbitrary deadline right now that's out there because Democrats want to cancel primary. out their the legislative that's session right. because of presidential politics and the primaries. Mm -hmm. And we've got all of these bills that they're kind of rushing to get done. Now, could we have had a better immunity package in this bill had there been you know, more time? A, a more time? You know, I've never seen a situation where hastily trying to get things done yeah. has ever, uh, you know, there's always going to be some mistakes made. So lots of different bills uh, over the 90 bills over the next three day span that they hope to get done because of this very arbitrary deadline. It'll be a lot of assistance reading. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if they read it at <laughs> all. Right. <laughs> when we come back, uh, a letter that should be read from Santa Ono to the Big Ten. Begging for fairness. We'll talk with Steve Courtney about that next on JR Morning.